Welcome to the Date With My Therapist podcast, where the best conversations never have to end. We're talking all things womanhood, motherhood, pregnancy, postpartum, fertility, spirituality, relationships, marriage, friendships, and so much more. Buckle up, sister, because we're on the path to self-discovery and it's a wild ride. Welcome back to Date With Your Therapist podcast. It's me, your host, Shelby Roberts. So today's episode is all about the one shift that helped change my marriage. And realistically, it's a lot of little things that add up to be the big things, right? But specifically, whenever my husband and I were going through a hard time and I found myself lacking the desire to want to get out of my own story, Um, of my own quote-unquote suffering or, you know, injustices that I felt that I was experiencing, the things that when you're in a long-term committed partnership with somebody, those things can grow. But there was a question I started asking myself every day because we are a big family and there's a lot of things that have to be done that are kind of thankless jobs. So I started thinking to myself, what can I do to make his life easier? And that one small shift changed my perspective dramatically. So instead of, you know, whenever you really want to go above and beyond for somebody, but maybe don't have the time or the wherewithal to do any of that, whether it be because you're stressed at work, you're incredibly busy, full schedule, you're the stay-at-home mom, whatever it is that you are dealing with, it lowers the standard and makes things more achievable because even if it's something so small and seemingly mundane, you will be so surprised at the trickle down effect it will have. So, I mean, for instance, um, if my husband works late and the next morning he has school and he's going to be dropping a few of the kids off, whatever, if I'm home and I have the energy, <clears throat> I'll make sure to set up the coffee. And, you know, after the baby goes to bed, I'll fill up his cup with milk and stick it in the fridge so that on a typical morning you come down and he's, you know, losing his shit because he's hungry or, you know, wants something to drink and you're having to listen to him cry or pull on your leg or have a meltdown while you, you know, anxiously try to wash out a cup or grab the milk out and just, it, it always feels so stressful that next morning. So this is one small thing that I can do. If he's up first and taking care of the baby and he can just grab that or then there's times that maybe I'm the one that's out for the day and I'm at the store and maybe he didn't ask for it, but I will bring him home a Red Bull for later or I know that he's out of razors and he didn't ask me, but I'm going to pick them up anyway. Just small, simple things that make somebody feel thought of you know, and they don't have to be grandiose and over the top. But I know whenever he comes home and he's like, oh, I got you this. I'm like, oh, you thought of me? Oh my God, that's so sweet. And it's just, it it lights you up, you know, it makes you feel youthful in your relationship again, right? But we do get caught up in our own stories because life is hard, especially adulting. You know, that's a I feel like a phrase coined by millennials, but it's true. And 
you know, we aren't given a handbook of how we're supposed to operate and we all are carrying our childhood traumas and past relationships, whatnot. So you bring all that into your relationship or your marriage, whatever it is that you are participating in. And, you know, we feel very self-important about, well, I've gone through this or you don't do that. And while it might be true, I can, without a shadow of a doubt, tell you that it doesn't, it's not effective. Yes, it's important to address things with your partner and try to air them out and see if you can't come to a resolve, but constantly being upset at somebody without trying to take any action or, you know, rectify the situation somehow is just wasteful of energy. And we don't have a lot of extra to expend, right? As adults, I mean, we're tired. Some of us are raising kids. Some of us are chasing careers. It's just wasteful. And again, you grow distant, you grow resentful. And that, I can tell you from experience, leads to an entire downward spiral of other things that you wouldn't normally ever do in a healthy relationship. But it's easy to find yourself in places you shouldn't be because you stopped listening, because you stopped communicating, because you stopped caring. So something else that makes a huge difference is filling your own cup. While this might sound counterintuitive to making someone else's life easier, your partner, your other half cannot be your everything. It is 100% your job to take care of you because how are you going to take care of anybody else, be in service to anybody else when you are not feeling good? And no one's a mind reader and nobody's going to know exactly what it is that you need. Only you know that. And maybe you don't know all the time what's going to help. You have the best idea out of anybody. So filling your own cup is in turn going to make you a better partner, lover, mother, friend, coworker, sister, whomever. Because when you feel fulfilled, it's so easy to give, you know. I'm sure you can probably remember a time yourself whenever you treated yourself for the day, whether it was like spa service, mm-hmm. hair appointment, or girls day, whatever. I feel like most of us coming home from that or the next day or, you know, shortly thereafter, the reverberation that it has was that you felt more inclined to be present with your kids or, you know, be more connected to your partner because you were in a great mood because you had that outlet and you felt fulfilled and contented by whatever it was that you were doing. So just, you know, letting that translate goes really far because then you don't need your partner to be doing all kinds of things for you. You know, you, we try to utilize them and manipulate the situation because if you're feeling unhappy, well, this person's my pincushion or my punching bag, whether we want to admit it or not, we're all guilty of this. And no, you're not going to be perfect every time, but the less you can do that, the more energy you'll have to spend pumping your partner up. Another huge one is communicating your needs. I said no one's a mind reader. I think we all know that, but it's funny how we like to pretend um, whenever we're upset about something or needing something, we think that they'll just magically know, which I'm sure social media and lots of other things play a huge part in that because you see these ridiculous over-the-top videos or even movies and all kinds of things where you're like, They should know. Okay, I don't think most of our husbands and boyfriends spent a lot of time watching, you know, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks fall in love or Cinderella Story or any of these other ridiculous 
movies that we love so much where, you know, he knew exactly what she wanted and he picked her out the perfect ring. It's just, it's, it's so silly the way that we fantasize about these things. Um, it's just not real life. <laughs> and the second you finally set that down, you find yourself being disappointed a lot less. And it's, it's unfair to have those expectations on somebody, you know, while I might be a hater of, I guess, flash mobs and giant proposals. I'm sure somebody's going to come for me and say that I'm just jealous, which is fine. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, whenever you have this giant, amazing proposal, while it's beautiful and amazing and super touching, you really are starting your marriage out on a really, really high pedestal. And quite frankly, with expectations that are going to be difficult to replicate on a day-to-day basis, if your you know, expectations are already tip-top, what it, what's going to happen in the regular monotonous day-to-day when the novelty of being newlyweds has worn off and, you know, somebody's been sick for a week in bed and you're tired of doing everything yourself, or maybe you are going through your own depression or episode because you're having an identity crisis, you need to be okay with who that person is with nothing else, without the bells and whistles, without fancy cars, without money, without anything else. You need to be able to enjoy each other's company regardless of the circumstances. So I feel like heralding that above all else is paramount in my opinion. Something else that was a great game changer for us was me personally relinquishing the need to control everything. I don't know that I don't know where the complex came from that I knew best. I think most little girls feel that way anyway um, when they're younger. And then that translates into adulthood. But feeling like you have to control everything kind of stifles the ability for your partner to have an identity, to have interests that are separate or opposite of what you like. You know, I'm not saying you should not spend any time together and that you, you know, should only like different things not saying that at all. I just think that we don't need to have a hand in every single thing that they do. And it's okay to just allow them to be who they are. You know, I hate video games literally with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. And I think it's unproductive. I don't think it's helpful for our life in any way, but who am I to tell somebody what to be interested in or not, or what their hobby is. Now, whenever it comes to getting in the way of being intimate or, you know, trying to go out of the house or do anything. Yes. I guess that's when you can have a hand in it and try to see if you can't find to find a a healthy balance. But otherwise we have to let other people do what makes them happy because otherwise we are orchestral in the opposite. Right. Anyway, individuality is really important. And That brings me to also defending each other. Um, I think it's important for us to always have our partners back. There's times that whenever they're wrong, yes, that can be addressed, but like not tearing them down in front of other people publicly or even privately. And I think that that's something that's definitely been glorified. I mean, probably every movie that we watched growing up, you know, they're spending copious amounts of time talking shit about their men and how garbage they are but 
how often do you hear people talking their men up, you know, which is sad because I'm sure some of us have an aversion to the idea of that because of the theme that men ain't shit. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. We're equal opposites and they should be honored and valued just the same as we should. They have strengths that we don't and vice versa. I also can't stress enough how important physical touch is and whether that be full on intimacy or just, you know, small, small brushes through the day, whatever you are capable of giving, you know, whether it's just like a rub on the back or, you know, holding their hand for a brief time or laying together or a smack on the butt because you're feeling frisky. (laughs) Um, or even like if you can sneak in a kiss that's longer than just a peck and out the door that really you don't even feel anything when you do. I think that men respond differently to physical affection than most women do. And there's reasons for that. But I think that that really makes them feel like men. Just, you know, try it out. Try that on for size and see how your dude is floating around after having, you know, a little more physical affection than usual. I really feel like it just boosts their self-esteem and makes them feel really good. And all the low-hanging fruit of the things that you were asking them to do, (laughs) just, you know, simple things that it would take nothing for them to do, they're pretty eager to do those things after that, you know. And then uh, lastly, my favorite, romanticizing the mundane. I have to say this is probably one of the most undervalued things you can do in a relationship because we are being spoon-fed constantly the opposite. Grandiose, grand scale, huge, over-the-top, surprise this and that. Like, How many posts a day do you see where it's like, I want a man that texts me be ready at seven. I bought you a dress. I'll be waiting outside for you. Like, okay, setting yourself up for failure, sis. The things that really get me jacked up are whenever I get to enjoy a beautiful and delicious meal that my husband's made because I was at work and he was home. And even though he's helping with the kids and doing all the things, he still managed to put together a delicious meal that was hot and ready for me when I came home. Or watching him play with the kids because I will tell you right now, mostly guilt-free, that I don't play with my children the way that I thought that I would. And I realized that it's it's part of me and there's things I'm still unpacking about that, but that's his thing. That is like, he's hilarious and they have so much fun. Of course, it usually gets out of hand and somebody gets hurt. It's typical. Hello. But I mean, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than that. And so, yeah, I really do romanticize it. Or when he's holding our baby or, you know, whenever we go somewhere and if I'm getting out of the car and I have a bunch of stuff, when I anticipate doing it all myself and I turn to like walk out of a door and he's coming towards me to help, um, that I can't tell you enough what that does for me. But there's just lots of little things that maybe to other people mean nothing, but you should count them as something because it's someone's constant thinking of you, honoring you, helping you, treasuring you, you know, being a present parent as much as they can be with whatever time they have and whatever resources, 
also a little healthy jealousy. I'm not going to lie to you. I actually enjoy it because hearing him still be jealous about things after all these years means that he still cares enough that he's still fighting for my hand like the lady that I am. The reason I was inspired to talk about this today is because something I was doing triggered a flashback of a time when my husband and I were not doing well. And when I think of who I was at that time, obviously I was younger and there's been a lot of growth that's happened anyway, but I think about how immature I was on an intellectual level as well as emotionally. I felt that with the resentment that I was holding and all the other disdain I had, I was somehow punishing him by lack of affection or having an attitude like that was my passive aggressive way of, I don't know, trying to get what I want with, but like in hindsight, I don't, that does literally doesn't make any sense by being bitchy and shitty to the person that you coexist with in your home and are trying to raise kids with. It makes no sense how that could produce any kind of result that's going to be positive. And while we all obviously know that, you know, you can't help some of these emotions being upset and feeling hurt or betrayed or feeling unheard, invalidated, how it can lead to other emotions that essentially are just an extension. But I feel proud and thankful of the growth that we've had individually and as a couple. And truly this, this initial question that I started with was probably the turning point that put us on track to be the best that we had ever, ever been, even from the very, very, very beginning when we were young. And it was, what can I do to make his life easier? How can I help? How can I be of service today? Because really the gift is in the giving and seeing how they respond just feels so good because you can tell that they felt cared for and cherished and honored and loved. And it just then becomes a snowball effect, but in the best way possible. So you should try this out yourself. Even if you just do it, just one thing, you don't have to make a laundry list. Just pick one thing. What can you do that you're capable of and have the capacity to do today that your partner would appreciate and that would pleasantly surprise them. I want you to pick something and commit. Try it. And then, of course, as always, please leave a rating and review. But in your review, please let me know or catch me in the DMs. But I want to know what you did and how they responded. And maybe on a separate episode, we could do an entire series that would be so fun about things people do or women do to surprise their partners or, you know, keep the heat alive and, you know, the intimacy and connection. I want to hear it all. I'm, I think we're all thirsty for positivity after at least the last handful of years, but there aren't a lot of stories circulating about happy relationships and us serving each other as teammates in life and romanticizing staying home together and not spending all your time in the club and just being so domesticated and not treating that like it's a bad thing. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. I know this was a short one, but 
it was on my heart and I just wanted to talk about it. So I appreciate you guys supporting the Date With My Therapist podcast. Please be sure to leave a rating and review and share this with somebody who just like myself probably could afford to get over themselves a little bit and the stories they have around their own suffering. So, so on a final note, I'll leave you with this. If you've been through tough times with your partner or you're currently going through them and it makes it really difficult for you to even think about doing any of these things, I will tell you from firsthand experience, withholding forgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. So realistically, you're hurting yourself. And if you're already miserable, then you really have nothing left to lose and everything to gain. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. I freaking love you so much. And I'll catch you on the next one.